welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you for being here on this another busy May weekend. Huh? The month of May, almost over, but boy, has it been full. And to this, this weekend, no exception. Every weekend seeming to have its own uh, uh, particular kind of theme and, and uh, activity associated with it. Uh, on the church calendar, I admit not... Uh, uh, not that which drives many people's consciousness uh, these days, but on the church calendar, as you've noted, this is Holy Trinity Sunday. Holy Trinity Sunday is located, as I said earlier, one week after Pentecost. Uh, 
And it's to celebrate the name and identity of the three necessary persons of the Christian God. Um, Three persons, one God. In Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus gives instruction to go make disciples of all nations, you can probably finish that, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, not the names of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's singular, uh, as it's written in Greek, and, and that in itself is informative. And so the celebration of the Holy Trinity uh, became... Uh, if you will, more urgent in the early life of the church when questions arose about the nature, the origins, the nature of the uh, relationships between the three persons that Jesus named at the end of Matthew's gospel. How does Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relate together? Uh, And in order to answer those questions that, that arose and to correct errors among those who taught falsely, uh, the church uh, evolved three credos, okay? Credo is a Latin word, actually. It means I believe. It's the first two words of the Apostles' Creed. You're familiar with that, Con. You know that uh, from uh, the time of confirmation. Uh, Adley, you as well. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Okay, I believe, credo. There were additional creeds that evolved as questions in those first centuries continued to arise about, well, what's the relationship between, okay? How do we understand this? And the church was able to speak with one voice, okay? Uh, One voice for the whole church, the Catholic church. Catholic meaning universal, okay? Uh, And the second creed, the Nicene Creed, dealt specifically with the the personhood of Jesus and the second article of the creed, three articles, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier. The second article is expanded. As the church grew, uh, additional heirs were trying to find their way into the teaching of the church. And so uh, Constantine, the first Christian emperor, and you'll note in your bulletin, uh, about 325, ordered the church to answer these questions for us. And the church evolved uh, what is the third great creed of the church called the Athanasian Creed, named for Athanasius, a defender of the faith. Uh, And so that creed, because of its length, not often used, but used on Holy Trinity Sunday, you'll hear it in just a little while, to help uh, give clarity to the nature, the triune nature of the Christian God. Uh, And I like to, and I teach in confirmation, that it's really theological braid work. You young women, maybe any more guys too, who braid long hair, know what it's like to work with those three strands back and forth and back and forth and together stronger uh, than than merely one. But uh, weaving together is what you'll hear uh, in just a few moments. So although not well known today, and in many parts of the Christian community only minimally celebrated, uh, the observance of Holy Trinity Sunday helps ensure this essential element of Christianity not be lost to either benign indifference, you know, sometimes neglect, it's slower, but neglect is just as destructive as anything else, not be lost to benign indifference in favor of, say, a more entertaining format for, for worship, or to growing cultural relativism and revisionism that is itself probably even more particularly common in these days. So, how would you explain the relationship of the three persons of the one God to a friend? If you were asked, what is the Holy Trinity? What does that mean? How would you answer? 
Well, it's popular to say, well, the Trinity is God in the generic form. The name of the Christian God is, in fact, a very sacred and specific formula, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is interesting in that way. It's not one name but three, uh, and yet that is what we are given. It's just as curious as it was when Moses at the burning bush says, Who are you? Who shall I say sent me? And God answers, Tell them, I am sent you. What kind of a name is I am? Okay, Yet it is what God chose. And so God chooses a verb instead of a noun in the Old Testament, and God chooses three and makes them one in the New Testament as his name. While some in an increasingly confused church would render the name gender neutral, in the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier, that particular heresy uh, would no more identify the Christian God than the title pastor does me from thousands among thousands like me in office, but none like me in personhood. None me. Okay? Or on this baccalaureate Sunday, to say the graduate does little to differentiate and to describe the uniqueness of the person who is Con Spielman. Thus, when the Trinitarian formula, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is invoked, it's not just any God being named, okay? The Trinitarian formula is in part what keeps the church Catholic, keeps us salty. It is the name in the church that the church cannot change. When I was a younger pastor, so it was here so many years ago, uh, I was visiting with a, a pastor, or a female, and she, as a group of pastors were meeting, you may have heard this story before, uh, we were sitting together and talking, and she brought up the fact that earlier in that week, uh, she had baptized a child in the name of the Creator and the Redeemer and the Sanctifier. With a bit of smugness, as I recall in her voice, she said, knowing that I am rather traditional in many things. So do you think the child will go to heaven? And I said, yes, the child will most certainly go to heaven. You, on the other hand, <laughs> not so sure, not so sure. For you have violated, you have violated a sacred trust of your office. You have done what Jesus, you have not done, in order to satisfy your ego, you have not done what Jesus specifically asked us to do. Make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it is the name that the church cannot change. For to change God's name is to remove oneself. It doesn't take any action on my part or anyone else's part. To change that name is to remove oneself from the church. And whatever you or your group becomes, it's no longer Christian, as has been since the time of the uh, of the time of Christ, of the time of the apostles. 
So I invite you to just take a couple moments this morning and review that little simple diagram uh, that's in your bulletin, reinforce your own Trinitarian understanding, and then listen carefully when the Athanasian Creed is, uh, uh, is being read. It will bring all of those elements together. Well, today's also uh, part of today, this weekend, is Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day tomorrow, and again, Memorial Day is not Veterans Day. We, uh, uh, we tend to conflate them sometimes, but the two do certainly share common concern and interests. Memorial Day weekend is more than a race in Indianapolis. It's more than the semi-official start to summer or the weekend uh, this community celebrates high school graduation. It's more than that, okay? Memorial Day, I suggest to you, and this occurred to me as I have stood over the years in our veteran cemetery uh, when it's been blistering hot and, and, and wickedly cold. Memorial Day is to consider what might have been but for duty and country never was. Okay. Memorial Day is to consider what might have been, but for duty and country, never was. We the living honor the dead whose story ended under arms. When we sing the distribution songs today during Holy Communion, uh, let your mind visit the white crosses and cemeteries both near and far, where what might have been, but never was, lies in eternal rest. Remember to sing also for those known only to God on this Memorial Day weekend. Thirdly, that's a nice number, isn't it, for, you know, three for Holy Trinity Sunday. Today marks the commencement ceremonies for Custer County High School. In just about an hour and a half, Khan will show up to the high school, join his classmates, soon thereafter walk across the stage and receive a diploma. It's an important chapter uh, in Khan's life that receives its period at the end of that sentence that describes it. This is the end of a chapter. Tom, you too. Okay. Adelie, you too. There's already been so many chapters, Khan, in your life story. There's been joyful ones, seeing the pictures in the newspaper. Been sorrowful chapters too, been there for some of those. There've been chapters that were just light and wonderfully filled with promise and possibility. And there's other chapters already written in your life story that have been dark with pain and loss. So it is, we as a congregation, we here gathered today, bless and affirm Khan on his way this morning. We pray that what has now been sown will be brought to full fruition. As you know, among Khan's gifts and talents, as he shared with you, he's a wrestler. And you may have noticed that uh, he will be uh, wrestling at the collegiate level this fall in Dickinson State. That being the case, I chose the first lesson that you heard read today. Uh, with Khan's collegiate wrestling career in mind. Uh, late in the book, Genesis, Jacob, okay, grandson of Abraham, big family, wealthy family, family with a lot of conflict in it, 
Imagine that, huh? Jacob's family. Yeah. Well, Jacob found himself uh, engaged in a mighty contest in that little bit that you heard read today. He, he's engaged in a mighty contest. Jacob was chosen of God, but he was far from perfect. As he will hear after his contest, you have struggled with God and with men, with human beings, and you've prevailed. Okay? So, Jacob was chosen of God, but far from perfect. Jacob also bore many conflicts and shortcomings. I say, it's, it, he was very real. But it was now time for Jacob to be tested. So he separated, sent his uh, substantial family across the river while he stayed alone behind in the darkness by himself, alone, ready, one-on-one. The contest was about to happen. And that night, Jacob was pitted against another wrestler, okay, against a wrestler who proved a most worthy opponent. And in that fateful contest, Jacob's adversary was simply identified as a man. (laughs) We know more than that, don't we now? It was just a man, but he was more. For that man did not prevail against this formidable grappler, even after a night-long effort. Jacob's opponent did not prevail even after he had painfully dislocated Jacob's hip. Jacob wrestled on. Growing weary from the mighty effort and struggle, it was the opponent who yielded and asked Jacob, well, let's just call this match a draw. Jacob refused. Jacob wrestled on through the pain until Jacob prevailed and received his opponent's promise of a blessing. Okay? I won't let you go until you bless me. But you see, to bless, it's necessary for the man to know against whom he had struggled. My name is Jacob were the words spoken in the now brightening pre-dawn. With the breaking of dawn, the angel pronounced and announced, you are Jacob no longer. You are to be called Israel, meaning one who struggled with God. And thus, on that night, Israel came into being. Yes, that Israel the nation of Israel, came into being. And when the victorious Jacob now asked the man's name, the reply, quite curious, what is your name? The man says, really? Do you have to ask? Do you not know who I am? Who I am. The God of Jacob's father, the God of Jacob's grandfather stood before him, had wrestled with him. And now Jacob's path forward is clear. Though battered and limping, this son was increasingly in strength and in stature growing, growing, and God was pleased. This day marks for you, Conspielman, 
the blessing of many people and the recognition of the struggles that you've already had to engage in in your young life. First of all, the blessing of the two who brought you to life, your father Tom and your mom Heidi. It is a day of blessing from your spiritual home as well, where you have both laughed and cried, where you wrestled with God. This day also brings the affirmation of your teachers and your coaches and their confidence that you are now ready to push harder, climb higher, fight harder than you've ever done before. But as you do, just remember, for this is a new chapter you begin to write, you're not God, you are not God, but from time to time you may have to wrestle with God. And know this, that God does bless you, and God has given you his name. Therefore, Conspielman, we too bless you, and call upon that holy name, Father Son and Holy Spirit, in so doing, on this your graduation day. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.